Hey friend, we just wanted to pop over and remind you of all of the freebies that we have on our website at hustlehumblypodcast.com slash resources. There are quite a few on there. They work for buyers and sellers, for your business, all different things you might need and all for free. Mm -hmm. Alyssa, which one is your favorite? My favorite freebie is the due diligence checklist. Oh, that's a good one and Mm -hmm. so impactful for your buyers. Mm -hmm. It's a great email template. It's a really good one. Uh, My favorite is probably staging checklist. Mm -hmm. I want my sellers to have those houses looking good. Yes, yes. So head over and see which ones you would like to download or get them all. Enjoy. Like we're going to have to cancel. I'm like, but why? Because at first I was telling my buyers, you look, if you like this house, we got to take off work. You'll have tons of time to communicate with your sellers. You're going to need to because they're going to be freaking out. The house is on the market. (gasps) How rude. Funny story, my company called me and said that this other offer is the guy taking my spot. What are the odds? This one's for you, James. Perfect. It's awful. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> oh my God. Hi, y'all. Welcome to Hustle Humbly. It's Alyssa and Katie, and we are two top producing realtors in the Baton Rouge market. We work for two different companies where we should be competitors, but we have chosen community over competition. The goal of our podcast is to encourage you to find your own way in business. So stop comparing yourself and start embracing your strengths. Okay. Hi, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. How are you? Wonderful. It's episode 160. Working in a shifting market. It is shifting, in fact. It is actually. I feel like we're involved in an earthquake. Yes. The ground is moving. It's moving. We need to know how to work with that. How do you stay afloat? How do you stand up in an earthquake? What do you do? Yeah. Do you do 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 Oh, do 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 the flip report. Like, are you going to tell us? My tile is coming in this week. Okay. Once I have tile done, I would like to show it to my... Oh, God. Buyer, uh-huh. who I did tell about it. Okay. And she was like, yes, yes, I can't wait to see it. Let me know when I can see it. So you've settled on a price because you had to tell her when I guess. Yeah, I told her it'd be around 315 Okay. And she's excited. She's very excited. Um, I'm very excited. So I just have to get the tile figured out. Um, he's ready for exterior paint. Okay. I'm going to go by today. And I haven't been in a little bit because the kids were out of school. Right. Um, so... I'm going to go today okay. so I can see how – I like waiting chunks and then, then, and you're then like, going because wow. I'm like, wow, look at all this progress. Look at all the progress. Yeah. Okay. So – um, but it, it's coming along nicely. Very excited. Mm-hmm. When will you be done? Do you know? Uh, I might know more today. Okay, great. We'll wait for the next one. Okay. Okay. While we're thinking about the news, I would like to start this topic by discussing – the fact that the news media cycle affects the market. Whether you realize it or not, the the general news media does not want to report on a level market. Have that's you, not interesting. That's not sexy. It's either really no. up or <laughs> it's really down. The, news it's a, breaking. It's a housing bubble or it's like a housing burst. It, right, or it's like a it's just so great. So you have to realize that's what the public hears. Yeah. More like, than anything. Like imagine the news just told like the truth, the truth and it was like, God, how, yeah, housing is stable. Things are still How boring would going that be? Fine. Right. So boring. Right. So I just want everyone to be thoughtful in that those are the messages, housing bubble, you know, high interest rates, you know, um, 
you know, maybe they're going to have some type of depreciation. These are the messages that um, the public is receiving. My buyers are asking me, am I just so stupid for buying right now? No. 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 No, not at all. So, and also a lot of buyers of all ages, it's been too long since we had rates over five. They Mm -hmm. don't remember. Mm -hmm. Were there ever rates over five when you've been here? Yeah. Yeah. So when I started, it was six. Okay. I mean, like that was, and everyone was talking about how low it was. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, 6%. And then it went to five. Oh my God, 5%. And then it went to four. Oh my God, 4%. Like every time. And then when it was like in the twos last year, I mean, it just got to the point where it's like, what? Right. Like, how can this even be true? Mm -hmm. I think I read an article this week that said the average over the time of, I guess, mortgages or whatever, like so many, many, many decades is seven to 8% is kind of like a normal. That makes sense. My, I mean, my investment properties when I was buying them were all five in the fives. Yeah. You know, investors are a little bit higher and they sure. were, they were upper fives too. Yeah. So, right. And I can remember her being like, Ugh, I'm so sorry. It's like 5.7. And you're like, cause that seemed high at the time. Yeah. And I was like, it's not a big deal at all. Mm-mm. No, it's not a big deal. So I think we just have to be mindful of the message that our buyers and our sellers are receiving. Mm-hmm. And, you know, sellers, though, are going to be a little bit slower to say, oh, the market's shifting? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to be like, no, I want top dollar, and I don't want to paint this maroon dining room, and I don't want to do anything because I can sell this house in a minute. Right. All the houses are selling so quickly. And we're also, speaking of sellers, at a time where when we are sharing comps and data, I'm having to tell my sellers, like, listen, Mr. Seller, this pulls from the last six to nine months. Right. That's not pulling from today or the future. And we are in the shift right now. We're in the midst. So all these zero days on Uh market, all of this sale price being over the list price, we're not going to see that as much moving forward. Right. So I did a video the other day talking about exactly that. So when I go to comp, I went to comp a new listing and I'm like, well, Mm. I can't go back nine months. No. So look, in the super low inventory market, which we still are in a low inventory market, it is hard to find a comp, right? Because not a lot of houses are on the market and so not a lot of houses sell. So then you have to go back nine months, 12 months. Well, now, because the market is shifting, you really can't go back 12. Mm -mm. Those are not accurate. Not. Because you're not going to have the same days on the market. You're not going to have the same competitiveness. Like, not paying buyer closing costs may have been a thing then, and now it is not the thing, Mm -hmm. right? Right. So I was just saying, probably can't go back beyond six months. And then it's hard because as we are approaching the shift – I think the sellers that maybe waited too long or weren't, they're kind of like, let's just try right now. Let's just throw it out there and stick a price on it and see if we can get it. And if we don't, it's okay. And I'm like, what? No, it's not okay. No, because that's a waste of my time and your time. And like, what are you just not going to sell? Right. Is that the plan? So the cutest house was on the market and my buyer sent it to me and it was the pictures were just precious. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, why do you think it's been on the market for 32 days? <laughs> and you're like, 
And I was thinking, I don't know. Well, then I looked at the price and I said, well, it's the wrong this price. is why. I said, I mean, I'm still kind of surprised because it's so cute and it's in such a great neighborhood. Yeah. But the price is astronomical. And I knew the listing agent. So I sent her an email and I said, hey, I have a buyer who was kind of asking, like, mm-hmm. do you mind telling me how your showings have been? What has your feedback been? And she said, oh, yeah, we have received several offers. He is just not accepting any of them because he's just seeing if he can get what he wants. No, I, we've been in this That's before. rude. It's just rude. It's just, I feel like it's dishonest to to market your home. I don't know. I mean, I guess he put the price he wanted on it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, honestly, I have a seller right now. Not as bad, but she's pushing the very limits of what this particular property is worth. And it literally said to me, eh, Let's just try it for three months. If I can't sell it for that, I'll just keep it. And I'm like, but <sighs> so much work. So much affects work. Affects you none, but affects me. Right. So much work. And so it's just like, I I understand sellers mm-hmm. are unrealistic. And the, the best you can do is keep showing them data and keep telling them that things are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the worst thing you can do, I read a great article about this and I thought I had saved it, but I can't find it. Um, it, the title of it was Stop Saying the Market is Crazy. Yeah. Stop saying the word crazy. Even if your market is still up, low inventory, a lot of buyers, or even if it's going the other direction completely, no buyers because of the interest rates and houses are... Just don't use the word crazy. Mm-hmm. And I thought the article was really interesting. It was from Realtor.com magazine. Um. He said, use words maybe like challenging or complex or, you know, like mm-hmm. something because crazy implies there's you cannot there's you it's out of control. There's nothing we can do. And that we're just like, you know, along for the ride. Yeah. But that's not true. Yeah. I'm even telling buyers you can't say that even as a blanket statement also. No. It's different subdivision to subdivision. Yes. Price ranges are right. different. Condition of the house to house. Right. If your house is well kept, how has it been well maintained? Yeah. Um, you can't use it as a blanket statement, even no. in a huge seller's market where things are crazy. Right. It still has to be somewhat appropriately priced and in good condition. Exactly. And I we're going to struggle, I think, mm-hmm. a lot of and I think the newer agents are going to struggle the most because they haven't had to manage client expectations in the way of a seller or maybe with a buyer it's like I didn't have to tell you um what you could offer because it was basically more. Like what what can you offer over? Yeah. Did you really have to do a lot of CMAs for your buyers? No, cuz it didn't matter. The agents that had gotten in the business in the last two to three years, the way that you were trained and the experiences that you had are about to change. You're going to have to rechange some of the things that you're used to saying on autopilot mm-hmm. or how you advise your clients. You're just going to have to learn how to say it in a different way so that the expectations are properly set and retrain yourself. Right. Um, I also wanted to say to those newer agents, 
not to feel scared right, right. during this time. No. Even if things slow down, because I have a lot of new agents asking me, am I going to be okay? Am I, am I, am I going to survive? Well, that's up to you, first right. of all. Somebody has but to survive. second of all, maybe you can even be a little excited. Like for the first mm-hmm. time, you're going to be in a more normalized market. Oh, so much better. You can really fine tune your systems, mm-hmm. get your database all clean yeah. and ready to go hand write cards, like all the things we've ever talked about. Go back to what to right. do when you're new or slow. Yes. That was a great episode. You haven't really had time to do the things that new agents right. do. Well, all, right. Even if you weren't busy, like with a lot of clients, your single buyer took a lot more work, right? Yeah. you keep losing. You have to keep running out and doing these showings at the last minute. Maybe now you can wait until the next day to see a house. Yeah. Or two days away. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could wait till the weekend. My buyer sent me this house that he wanted to see on Thursday. And he was like, do you think we need to go right now? And I really couldn't. You're I really like, mm. needed to go on Saturday for this particular one. Mm-hmm. And it had been on the market 52 days. And I was looking at the pictures. I said, look, I don't think it's going anywhere. Right. I think we're okay to wait. Yeah. Now, of course, things happen and it could have sold. And I asked him, like, are you okay waiting? Right. And he said, yeah, he was fine. Because the last thing you want is to say that. And then it it sells. And it was no one doubt. they were really interested in. But gauging interest, emailing listing agents, asking, is it okay if we go Saturday? Would you mind letting me know? Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, to those new agents, I even heard someone say that instead of going 120 miles an hour like we have for the last two years, we're going like 80 right now. Yeah. And maybe we'll get to 50, (laughs) which is still fine. Like still Fast. Still fast-paced. But um, not not ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, I have a great story that goes with that. Okay. So I have a current listing. I took it last week. We're recording this early August. Okay. Um, listed for 300000 Okay. So I think this is appropriate. I made the seller do all kinds of work to prepare. Painted the whole inside. Painted the outside. Trimmed the trees. Trimmed the bushes. Got a new roof. Like, they did work. Mm-hmm. A lot of work. Change out some light fixtures. Okay. So we put on the market. We're getting pretty good showings, five or six. We listed on a Friday. So on Sunday, we've had several showings, no offers yet. Some people, oh, the house doesn't work for us. But okay. I had an agent reach out and say, hey, my buyer's really interested, but they would like to come back. It's a first-time buyer. They'd like to come back for a second showing probably tomorrow. Can you just let me know if you get an offer? Yeah, sure. No problem. They go back the next night. She reaches out and says, I'm writing the offer. Here's what it's going to be. I'm getting it over to you. Y'all, but she wrote an offer as if it was in multiples almost. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Full price. No, no concessions. Like all the things. Yeah. Right. And what was interesting was, of course, my seller was like, great. Sold. We'll, we'll we'll take it. Yeah. And in my mind, I thought, yeah, like, what more could you want? You sure. got exactly what you asked for. Perfect. But had she even come down 5000 a 1000 asked for closing costs, asked for some, I would have gone to all the other people who showed it and said, hey, we got an offer. Do you want? Right. Just are, are your people interested? You. Yeah. Like, let me know. But I didn't have to take that step because it was a perfect offer. And it made me think, dang, 
that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Like they still made an offer knowing that there was only, we were the only house in that price range in that neighborhood. That's pretty popular. Yeah. So it was like, hey, maybe they'd been looking for a while and they're like, we're not going to let this slip through our fingers. And they weren't like a big percentage down or a cash buyer. And I think probably, you know. They're just realistic. Four months ago, they probably would have lost that house. Right. Do you know what I mean? I find myself when I'm working with my buyers, like the other day I wrote an offer and for the first time in forever, I asked for closing costs. Yep. And it felt weird and I was nervous. Like, Like, "Ah." is this okay? Mm -hmm. Yes, I see it's been on the market 30 something days, but what if now, you know, and then on the flip side, I had a listing that wasn't getting offers. It had only been a week, but it was a great house. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were having a lot of showings, but nobody no was making offers. Yeah, so I was like, oh, oh no, no, oh no. So we get an <gasps> offer oh, and no, this guy oh, no. just like asked for appliances, closing costs, like everything hit us on the price. And I thought, what? You're like, a week? Was yeah. it one week? Yeah. Oh God. And so we countered pretty much deleting everything. And the buyer was like, okay, so I think we're entering a market where buyers are thinking, "Hey, I hear you know." Things I'll make are- a I'll make an attempt, but I'm no yes. dummy. I'll take your counter. Right. They just want to see what they can get. Okay. Because I thought I'm deleting everything he's asking for. This is not going to work out. Right. Did and you then- come down on the price or just none of it? I think we came down on the price $2,000 and did not agree to any closing costs or anything. And he asked for like over $7,000. Oh, that was a lot. So I thought, I kind of told my seller, look, I'm not, if this guy walks, I think we're okay. Yeah. You know, I don't know that this is the right person. Right. And so I said, let's just counter and delete all this nonsense. And then they're low and behold. I know. This is very interesting times. Mm -hmm. Part of me is a little giddy to go back to work. Yeah, like, like, like to do it the way that right that it used to that be done. Supposed to, that <laughs> right. it, that's easy. Like that's not so. I'm doing my air quotes crazy. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. I would like. I don't want to get involved with a buyer in a seller's market that's so over the top intense that there's ten to fifty offers on every house and you can't ask for anything and you have to do an appraisal gap and all of these things. Because that's not good for your buyer, right? And it doesn't make me feel good to have to tell them that's the reality. And as a listing agent, I mean, the multiple offer situation was stressful. Yeah, You pick one, you think it's the best, they get cold feet because of the rush, you're on to backup offers, the backup offer's gone, you're going back on the market, you're making phone calls to your sellers and you're just exhausted. It's a lot of work. It is. It's a lot of work for the listing agent, it's a lot of work for the buyer's agent. Now it's just a different type of work. I mean, it's more the work of setting expectations, really following the market. And I mean, it has to be pretty much to the minute. I forgot to tell you when we were talking about doing CMA. Not only do I not want to go back nine or 12 months, I want to keep it in six. I'm like, okay, well, what's pending? What happened yeah, there? Yeah. Like, you really have to look at those pendings hard. I would agree. How long that. were they on the market? What were they listed for? Maybe even call those agents. If mm-hmm. you're trying to comp a listing, Call those agents and be like, hey, I'm about to take a listing. Can you give me some idea of what your offer is? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason for them to not maybe to. not share. Oh, yeah, we did do some closing costs. Or, yeah, we did come off the price a little. Like, you really have to look at those pendings hard. So I have one right now that we listed about seven or eight weeks ago. Okay. And it has a lot of activity 
Um, the neighborhood was like kind of hit or miss just because of location. It's a little further out, but great house. Mm-hmm. And we really weren't getting offers. And so we got an offer and we took it. And my seller was even nervous when we listed it. Like, I do, I've heard things are shifting. So okay. do you think we're going to be okay? I said, I think now is the best time. Let's yeah, just, you know, just try it. don't, as soon as we can get it on the market. And so we did get it under contract. Well, the week of closing, the lender, it was a whole thing. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a bad situation. It was a poor lender. It was a oh. overall awful situation. anyways, they needed an extension and (laughs) it wasn't looking promising. And I had to tell my seller, like, look, it does not look promising, Mm -hmm. but they are asking for an extension to try to figure it out. It had to do with like 1099 self-employment type things. Okay. Messy, messy. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm just nervous to put it back on the market. Because it's different. It's, it's different. been five weeks. Right. So like, do we then. work this out or try to so work it out? So we're doing ex- – we've done three extensions. Oh, no. Now Do we've you- gotten the branch manager involved. So um, he has been giving us a little more guidance but still hasn't been able to say that it for sure can be saved. But my seller is making the decision to see it through to the end because she's just nervous – well, and you know what's funny about that too? In this particular time frame, people are going to get adjusted to the rates and the buyers that enter the market now or next month or the following month when maybe your house goes back on the market are going to be like, well, five is what it is. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not I'm not upset that I didn't buy a house six months ago at three mm-hmm. because I wasn't ready then. This is this is what this is my reality. Yeah. Like not every buyer goes back. Not every buyer that enters the market today has a clue about what the interest rate was. Well, that's last the year. other thing too. Is if your buyer got pre-approved two months ago, they before you write an offer on a house, better check it. I always tell them, hey, I'm going to email the lender right now. I'm going to mm-hmm. copy you on it. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mister Lender, I'm here with you know, Samantha, and we want to make an offer on a house and the price is 300,000. Can you let me know Mm -hmm. with today's interest rate, what is the estimated monthly note and what is the estimated cash needed to close? Yeah. If, if she is good with those two things, we write the offer. Yeah. So that, and that's also when I say, can you go ahead and send me a pre-approval yeah. letter? So by the time I get the pre-approval letter, because I need it to write the offer anyway. For sure. I now am like, Samantha, are <laughs> you good with these numbers? Right. Are you good with this monthly note? Yeah. Because what I'm finding, gosh, being a listing agent this last six weeks has aged me. Yeah. I have had more deals fall through. Mm-hmm. Not cancellations like buyers getting cold feet, just like this 1099 situation. Right. I have another one where they said, well, the monthly note was just a lot higher than they were thinking. Ugh. And I'm like, well, because you as their agent should have checked it, didn't tell them to recheck know, their numbers right? when it had been so long and things are changing every day. Every day. You really need to check your numbers before you write an offer. And then think of all the time the buyer has wasted, the energy of getting excited, yeah. scheduling a home inspection. Yeah. Do you want to hear the craziest one that's happened to me lately? Yeah. Hey, Alyssa. Hey, Katie. What do we mention almost every episode? Email templates. You're right. We sure do. (laughs) And after every time we mention an email template, do you know what we get? Emails asking if they can have (laughs) copies of the email template. Can you send me a copy of that template? I have never had one like that. That sounds great. And you know what the good news is? What? You can get all of our email templates from our course, Email Templates 101. Tell the people about it. 
Our course has all of the email templates you would need to send to your buyers and your sellers and your clients that are buying and selling at the same time. Exactly. <laughs> to get through every step of the transaction and giving them information that they need for where they are in the transaction. It's great because you never forget to tell them something. Yes, and we've already done all the work for you. Yeah. We wrote them and yeah. you can personalize them. Yes. And just feel organized knowing that you have all the information where it needs to be. And if you purchase Email Templates 101, you do get lifetime access. So occasionally we like to go in and make updates based on the market or if we find a new best practice. And we put that right into the template and you get that updated straight away. It just goes straight to your course. Yep. Right, it's, it's just there. It's, it's just already there. in there. It's just already there. in there. You don't even have to worry about it. We'll That's send wonderful. you an email and we'll say updated. That's great. Where can they find these email templates? You can find the email templates at email templates with an s 101.com email templates 101.com yes head over for reviews and all of the specifics wonderful hey enjoy my listing so my seller cleaned it up but didn't do all the things i would make him do if he listed it today okay okay cleaned it up emptied it out got it ready um he was probably a month off. Like if he had gotten it on the market mm, a month before, that right it would have been easy peasy. So lots of showings, but the rates had just spiked. And I think it was like people were like, whoa, okay. But lots of showings. So I'm like, the price isn't wrong. If they're showings, the price is right. If there's no offers, condition maybe we have a problem. So finally gets an offer. And I'm going to say finally. I think it was not <laughs> even two weeks in. Okay. okay. Feels like forever. But, but when you miss the market by a month. Yeah. Right? It's like a long time. So he gets an offer. Great offer. I'm like, okay, well, look, we're in business here. Great offer under contract. Inspections. No repairs requested. Wonderful. Everything's great. All of a sudden, oh, no. I get a phone call from the buyer's agent. And, and y'all were far along. Far along. Like, I was basically like, hey, when's the appraiser going to go? Because we're done with inspections. But we were, yeah. Um, when he, the appraiser doesn't come, I start getting the worst I get feelings. super panicked. Yeah. Super panicked. So I'm like, mm. So he calls and he's like, hey, listen, so we're just mm -mm. not going to be able to close. I'm so sorry. Like, we're going to have to cancel. And I'm like, but why? And he says, well, ironically, the buyer was related to the the buyer's agent. But he's like, well, basically, they didn't have to sell the house they have now, but they had it under contract and um, they didn't make their mortgage payment and then their deal fell through. Oh, and it had been 30 days. Like he basically got a hit on his credit that his mortgage hadn't been paid. And you know, I don't know if y'all know this, you cannot get a mortgage for one year. A whole year. One year. So this man went from being a buyer of a house he wanted to buy and selling his house to, you know, any, it's an honest mistake. Like he didn't pay his mortgage. He thought he was going to close. The closing didn't happen. That deal falls through too late now. It's on your mm. credit and he literally can't buy a house for a year. A whole, you have to have a 12 month straight on time mortgage payment history yep. to buy a home. Yep. They were trying to fight it with the mortgage mm. company and with the credit. No, wasn't going to be fixed. And so we had to go back on the market. And here's the sad end of this story. It's still on the market. I know. We've had to lower the price. We've had to like uh, try different things. It's That's the worst. But and that, those are the hardest phone calls to make. It, my seller didn't do anything wrong. But here's the thing. 
there are a lot of deals falling through right now. But mm -hmm. that was a that was that whole situation was market related. The other deal fell through. Right. Maybe because I don't know why. Maybe right. the interest rate got high and they realized they couldn't make their mortgage and that deal fell through. Mm -hmm. Who knows why that. But there are more deals falling through now. Mm -hmm. So you have to kind of always keep that in mind, too. Like, it's not just like, oh, hey, no problem. We'll throw it back on the market and then the feeding frenzy will start again. Mm -hmm. Like, now we've sort of missed the market. Yeah. And here we are. And here I am sitting. And now people are asking more difficult questions like, what's wrong? Mm -hmm. Did they have an inspection? So I had to put in the public remarks, you know, inspect. It wasn't the inspection. Buyer's financing fell through. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so hard. It's making me very like, but so this. Listings are becoming more stressful. Mm -hmm. And you better be prepared for that. Yeah. Being a listing agent and having to have communication with your seller when you have nothing to say. Yeah. Um, and we're going to do an episode, I think, next yeah. week, maybe, uh -huh. on, marketing, on, on your, marketing your listing, being a listting agent, yeah. what like they need from mm -hmm. you, which is really not a lot except communication. Right. A lot of communication. A lot of communication. You know, the the longer they go with it, every day, it's their house and they're wondering yeah. what's happening. Right. And, and on that note, now is a time that if you are one of our template owners, there are updates that you need to go in and tweak on a few of yeah. them. And any any email that you, if you have your own templates, like I just went to send the just listed email mm -hmm. template on a new listing I have. And I went in and edited a lot about, listen, it's a seller's market. Yeah, the first week is going to be yeah, we're full of to, showing. Yeah. yeah, we're going to have to change that. <laughs> yeah, you're going to. I did. I did. That. And then I just saved it. Yeah. So now it's done. Like, I don't know that. It's something you can do yourself. Sure. And, and say whatever you need to say for what's happening what's in, in your, your market. market. Yes. And in a few months, you may have to change it again. Because right now right. I'm changing it to say we are in the middle of a shift you know, the interest rate has changed three percentage points very quickly. Yeah. Things are happening. Um, also, on the congrats on being pre-approved email, mm -hmm. um, I had to edit that one when I sent it to a new buyer um, saying, you know, there are still situations where there are multiple offer. It's happening less. Right. We're going to have to take it house per house. Right. We're going to have to look at how long a house has been on the market to determine yeah. if we have to get there right now or if it can wait until you're off work. Because um, at first, I was telling my buyers, look, if you like this house, we, we got to go. take off work. We got to go see it. Yeah. So there are things during the, if you're having a little bit of a slowdown, you know, be a little thankful and excited for it, that it's a time to clean house, update your templates, yeah. clean out your systems. You'll have tons of time to communicate with your sellers. Well, you're going to need to because they're <laughs> yeah. going to be freaking out. They are. Uh, but, you know, I also, same week that I had a deal fall through because of the market shifts, I I didn't get a house that I'm now a backup offer on because it was so hotly. Mm. So, like, it is... House to house, neighborhood yes. to neighborhood. When when people ask you in your area, how's the market? Do not regurgitate national news <laughs> garbage. You need to be like, well, it depends. Yes, it depends. It depends. That was uh, Carl's favorite statement, remember? It depends. It depends. Yeah. Well, like, it depends. Where's your house? Like, what are the updates? How many houses are for sale in your neighborhood? Like, it depends. Mm -hmm. It should have always been the answer. Yeah. Because honestly, maybe it was the difference between getting three offers and getting 30 offers. Mm -hmm. Right. What price range are you in? Like what? It depends. Mm -hmm. It depends. Yeah. I, I lost a house. My buyer lost a house. <laughs> this makes me very sad. <laughs> I'll tell you the story. 
I might have told you the story. Um, in my neighborhood, so I'm in the Facebook group for the HOA. Did I tell you the story? Keep going. Okay. So um, I have a buyer who happens to be interested in my neighborhood. Somebody in the neighborhood posts, hey, we're going to be listing our house this week. And I'm like, oh, great. Looks like a perfect fit. There's pictures, prices. And in the comments, she says, this is my agent. And I'm like, perfect. I reach out to the agent. I'm like, hey, do you know when you're going to list? I would love to show my people. And he says, yep, well, she probably prematurely posted that. But by the end of the week, we're hoping to, this is like on a Monday. We're hoping to have it listed by Thursday or Friday. Okay, great. Let me know. Mm. Sure. Then the next day, agent says, hey, what was your buyer's name? Someone has reached out to me. And I'm like, this is it. And they're like, oh, no, that's not them. Okay, fine. So I'm like, look, I already knew based on the comments of this Facebook post in our HOA group that it was going to be a hot house. Okay. I already knew. The neighborhood doesn't have a lot of listings. There are a lot of people who want to get in here. Okay, fine. Like, I'm aware. So, 10 p.m. Y'all, this is not an episode about boundaries. So, just <laughs> take, take it with a grain of salt. 10 p.m., my buyer texts me on Thursday night. And it's like, the house is on the market. <gasps> How rude. He 30, didn't communicate 30, with you? Nope. What a jerk. 30 minutes earlier. So, that Thursday night, the house goes on the market. Maybe he was going to tell me in the morning. I don't know. But I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> Again, not a boundaries episode. Yeah. I schedule the showing. Sure. For the next day. The earliest she can get there is four. I'm like, okay, well, I've been texting with this agent. I'm not, like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I make the appointment for four the next day. About noon, oh, no. <laughs> appointment gets canceled <gasps> under contract. Oh, my gosh. I would be so mad. I was livid. I think he sold it himself because someone reached out to him directly. I think so. I would think so. I am Why so else? upset. And so I just was like, <sighs> no. Like, so I text the agent and I say, hey, any reason why we, we couldn't, like, why everyone couldn't just see it and then decide on an because offer? Because I'm dual agent. <laughs> and do you know what the response was? Well, the buyer is a friend of the seller and it was a good oh offer. Oh, my gosh. So there was no reason not to take it. And I was like, okay, but can we? please because they canceled my showing like can we please still show for backup and he was like okay uh, sure you can go so we go Mm. and we wrote a backup offer and we wrote it for over list price which i doubt they got sure but i can't wait to find out i know how much longer i don't know like probably a few more weeks so my that's so weird that you're saying that because i listed a house an amazing house. One of my favorite houses I've ever listed. The one in the Garden <laughs> oh, District. That was it. so mm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we got multiple offers. Yeah. And I'm like, well, obviously we're taking this one. And he said, well, funny story. Because he was getting transferred with his work. Right. His work was moving him to New Orleans. Okay. He said, funny story. My company called me and said that this other offer is the guy taking my spot. What are the odds? I know. So he didn't want to and and so he was like they're telling me like you need to like sell your house to this guy <gasps> oh wow like his work got involved his work got involved i've never had that happen like his his boss called was like, him listen yeah we want this guy to be happy you're s- so he chose him mm-hmm. now here's the thing we were gonna list it <laughs> we were gonna list the house for 600 okay i just I was like trying to be, but I said, listen, your house is so cool. Right. I love your house. I love the design finishes. 
I just think we could list it for six fifty. Okay. And I never do that. Right. I'm right. Very You're conservative. Super I'm conservative. very conservative. Okay. And they were like, mm-hmm. what? Oh. Okay. They were thrilled with six hundred. Okay. So we get an offer of six fifty five, and we get an offer of six forty five. Right. And the six forty five was the was guy the, from work. Mm-hmm. So it's still good. He was thrilled. It was. 5000 less than what we were asking, but it was 45000 more than what we were what going you, to ask. What do you think the other buyers felt like when they – do you think they went so and saw what it I, sold I, for? I told them after – Like what happened? What happened. Okay. I said, look, this is an unfortunate – because I actually even told her in the moment. I said, this is a very unfortunate situation where it was not that your offer wasn't the best. Right, right. It was a very strange situation where the seller ended up – kind of knowing the buyer and oh my God. and that's what made his decision. And so we put them in place of, as a backup, but of course we closed. And then this buyer still had the nerve to submit like an annoying repair request. The one that you took? Yeah. Did you just say no? No, my seller like did it. And I said, <laughs> you must really like your job because a, well, a I wouldn't be putting up with any of this. You have a better buyer that is – Honestly, just the way the other buyer was seemed more appreciative and loved the home. And oh. well, I'm not going to ask for anything. And I just was like, oh, what a bad taste I in your mouth. I don't like this. I, I wanted like- the other people to get it. Right. But, but not your choice. Not my choice. Mm. That's how it worked out. Isn't that interesting? Oh, it's so interesting. Yeah. I feel like the stories are like, we're going to have a lot so, of stories right, coming up. So many stories. So, right. Because it's just not the same thing over and over again. Yeah, exactly. But, and part of me, it feels like, I guess that's why I'm kind of like excited, maybe. It's like coming home. It's like, mm-hmm. this is the norm. Like, mm-hmm. I I don't want to be like in in this amped up world. Like, I want right. to be in the, but also it's more cyclical. Yeah. One week you might be busy, one week might be dead. You know, one, it, it's not going to be like super consistent even though I do still think this inventory problem is not going away. Correct. I, yeah. I just don't. Not anything I read says it's it's not going away. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't know that it's it's not – there's no bubble. Mm-hmm. It's not going to crash. Maybe the appreciation of the houses in your area might slow mm-hmm. or level, but I don't think they're necessarily going to go down from what I'm reading. Yeah. And if you can hold on to your house long enough, then so, it'll be fine. This is the other thing I wanted to say about buyers who are telling you they want to wait. Mm-hmm. So if your buyer's like, well, I want to wait until the rates come down or I want to wait until the crash. Um, I read, I don't know where I saw this, but it said um, you date the rate marry the house. Oh, I love that. Because the house is not the the value of that house is likely not going to go down and the, the what I read from like Lawrence Yun, the economist for NAR, it'll probably go up 9% this year, 5% next year and 3 to 5% the following year. Yeah. Okay? So your house is still going to increase in value. Not 20 or 30%, fine. Yeah, but what like investment does. But even 5% if you waited 3 years for some kind of change that isn't coming, mm-hmm. date the rate. Buy the house now at the higher rate. Mm-hmm. And then when the rate changes, you just refi. I mean, as long as you're comfortable with the monthly note. What difference does it make? And you like the house, do yep. it. Oh, the other one I'm seeing is, you know, rents are crazy. crazy. Oh, my gosh. So the other one I saw was an agent doing a video that was like, <laughs> you know, you're worried about your 5% interest rate on the house that you own. The interest rate on a rental is 100%. Yeah. Because none of that money is yours. 
No, I mean, like true. you're paying someone else's mortgage. Yeah. So it's 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 not equivalent at all. Someone said, if you're renting, it's always a good time to buy. Always. 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 Always, mm-hmm. always, always. Um, the other thing I'm kind of, so the things that are changing, I think that we're going to see more of is staging is back. Yeah, you Because you know, that makes me happy. Yep. I want to tell my seller what to do and them to do it and us to see the fruits of your labor. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be able to offer that value, which has kind of been eliminated in the course of super low right. sellers, mark, super low inventory sellers market. Well, maybe you can put it on the market with the dirty, right? whatever. Just, yeah. I know. I, I feel like the last few years I've been saying, Look, Mr. Seller, last year I would have had a lot longer of a list for you. But right now, you know, Live buyers are just being more forgiving. So right. we don't have to do all these things. Right, right, right. But that's going to change. It's changing. So that and then when you write offers, I think you might get some closing costs. Mm-hmm. You might. You might be able to do an inspection. So on my email templates, when it has the estimated net sheet on there, uh-huh. I had been putting on mine a little asterisk because next to closing costs, it says buyer can ask for, you know, between four and 6,000. This is negotiable. Well, then I have asterisks. This could be zero in this market because what was happening is I was getting emails back from sellers like, should we expect this in this market? And I'm like, I mean, maybe, but but maybe no, not because yeah. of the market, you know, right. but I still wanted it on that net sheet I as know. what to... I started removing it. I know. Because I it didn't did make the, sense. I just did the asterisks of yeah. like, and then they're really happy when it wasn't, when it wasn't there. Yeah. Right. But you have to put that back in now. I know. Like I, I just started putting asterisks. Yeah. I yeah. just started putting it back in. Yeah. You might have to pay some closing costs mm-hmm. or you might have to come down a few thousand dollars on your price. Mm-hmm. Be prepared. I Right. So in this interim shift place, it, it could go one way. It could go the other. Mm-hmm. It's not like doom and gloom, you know, all the sellers have to come down on their price and pay closing costs. And it's also not every buyer's going to end up in multiple offers, but you might. Well, even in the 11 years that I have been in the business, every year there was a multiple offer situation. Yeah. Maybe not. Oh, yeah. Not every house, but there, every, if it's a good house in a good, a good neighborhood, house. it's priced well, it's, okay. it's going to be a multiple offer situation. Thank you. That's a great point. So no matter what, it's still going to be always a possibility. A possibility. But, and that's when you have to know your market. Is it a great house? Mm-hmm. Is this price? Is this location? Is this condition of this house? Like, the did everything come together? And you're like, whoa, this one's going to go. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, you know. You know when you know. But that's because you've been around. Mm-hmm. You know, I just had my 17-year anniversary. Oh, congrats. <laughs> so exciting. Thank you. I've survived 17 years of this. Wow. I know. Mm, that is wild. It is. Um, any other thoughts about the working in a shifting market? Um, I think that the 200, 300 price point is likely going to be more affected by these changes in the yeah, interest rate, I could the see buyers. That. Mm-hmm. So, yesterday I was showing in a little neighborhood that's a little further out, mm-hmm. and there was actually four houses for sale in the in same the neighborhood. neighborhood. Okay. It's a big neighborhood. So right. now back in the day, this neighborhood could have had 14 or 15 houses for sale at one time because it's big. Okay. And right, right, right. It's because of the price point, there's a lot of turnover. Like, yeah, you know, maybe like you're single. Home. Yeah, yeah. starter home, lots of turnover. So okay. 
Anyway, I was showing all four. Okay. I'm like, well, we're you here. You were like, four? Yeah, it felt In so one weird. Outing? I actually used the showing time cart <laughs> where you had to map it to and make sure. It. Yeah, I haven't done that in forever. It felt been like a, coming home. It felt hot, good. It's been a hot minute. Yeah, and then I got all my MLS sheets in order and like wrote down my See, this is how I feel right now. Like to anyone who's feeling <sighs> uneasy or uncomfortable because you don't know what's coming, listen to us. We're like, You're yippee, yoo-hoo, we're home. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's do this. But it was funny because one of them called me and said, hey, Alyssa, I'm going to cancel your appointment in there. I said, okay. And she said, I said, did it sell? No, we have actually had two contracts fall through. And my seller is just so disappointed. But we just got a really good offer for someone to rent it. They will pay a lot of money to rent this house. I want to take that. And I said, well, good for them. Yeah. So, you know, we might be seeing more of that in this price point where if buyer financing continues to struggle right. or you know people right. aren't lenders aren't doing their due diligence or mm-hmm. buyers aren't um we might see more of that too but I, but she said you know i do think in this price point yeah we're going to start seeing more issues and we need to be extra diligent yeah with sending the lender the uh-huh. email template saying hey just want to make sure that everything's you've checked good. credit and yeah. this is you have the tax transcripts and because that's the other thing too she said there's been a lot of transcripts issues because of covid oh. all these people yeah sure you're allowed to delay your taxes but you but you can't buy a house right until you do so things like that yeah. you know it's going to come up mm-hmm. we're coming out of very interesting times oh i also wanted to talk about while we're thinking about that interesting times that I that I also read an article about foreclosure short sale hmm. people being underwater that's not very common and it's not going to happen like it did in 2007 eight, nine. right because we're not having like subprime well, mortgage issues because people have so much equity in their houses mm. because equity has increased so drastically yes. in the last couple of years that, that even that if it drops slightly they're okay they're fine you you have something happen it's not you can sell your house mm-hmm. and not be underwater. Mm-hmm. So it's just not going to be like this onslaught of foreclosure short sale. And that's what affects pricing. I think that's where people miss the step, mm-hmm. right? Like if there are a bunch of foreclosures, short sales, you know, people, no buyers, that's when the price goes down on your house. Yeah. The price doesn't go down on your the value of your home just because the interest rate went up. No. Mm-mm. That's just not how it works. Mm-mm. But the public doesn't know that. And again, that is our job to explain to our clients what what's true and real and what the data says and what economists say and what actually makes sense and give them the whys. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times they don't understand the whys. Yeah. Like, how are you going to, you don't need to foreclose your house if you got 30% in equity in the last year. Right. Why? Hmm. Very interesting. Do you run across a lot of any foreclosures lately? Hardly ever. Hardly ever. Hardly I ever. I can't really think of the last time I ran across one. Even in a listing. Yeah. Like, we know the agents who list them here. We should go look up their listings. Yeah, and see how they're doing. It's like, right. Yeah. It's just very rare. It is kind of funny because one of the agents that I know that lists a lot of foreclosures listed a house that was not a foreclosure, but told them to do nothing. Oh, and you're And right. it looked like a foreclosure. <laughs> The flower like, beds look, looked like she's a like, foreclosure. Fine to me. She's probably like, yeah, this is what all my listings look like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Nope, that nope, brings nope, up nope. a great point too. Like 
I feel like I have a certain standard for my listings. Like, yes. I don't want my listing this to be This is an all- Alyssa Jenkins listing. Thank you. So James, one of our listeners, uh-huh. he always makes fun of me because he's <laughs> like, oh, look, Alyssa has a perfect photo staged <laughs> house where her sellers just were perfect and she only lists perfect houses. Well, yeah, we're hard on to, that. I'm about to share one and I'm going to be like, this one's for you, James. Perfect. It's- awful. Oh, it's terrible. <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny. It's awful. I didn't even take, I told the seller, we're not doing professional photos because, not because I'm being cheap, but because I want buyers to know what they're walking yeah, into. Yeah, you've got to know. I want them to see the truth. No, mm. no glitz and glamour here. No glitz and glamour. So I'm going to list one for James soon. Okay. Are, is this all you need to talk about? That's it. Because I have a toast. Oh. And you know who the toast is? James. James. Yay. <laughs> okay. Today we're going to toast. We are choosing to toast James Harold. James is in Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. Pretty sure it's Lincoln. Um, he's always so supportive he of is. us. He's, he's a big hustle humbly supporter. He's always with the jokes. <laughs> And he is a supporter. And I just, we've enjoyed having him in the community. Mm -hmm. We've just enjoyed his, you know, and he did the notes for episode 129. Oh, yeah. Remember? Amazing notes. I know. Best notes ever. People still request the notes, but when we updated the website, that particular thing didn't carry over. So now people have to specifically ask me, like, can can I I go there? I probably have a resources tab. We do have a resources okay, great, tab. It's just that particular one didn't go there. Anyway, James wrote those notes. Well, and they were excellent. 129 was a really good episode. You should go listen to it in honor of James. In and honor of great James notes. and his amazing note taking. So cheers to James. Thank you for being a friend of the show. And our comic relief. Really, often. it does mean a lot. It does. Okay. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Hustle Humbly podcast. Let us know who we should toast to for the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hustle Humbly Podcast. If you have an episode, topic, or question, please email us at hustlehumblypodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. See you next week. Bye. This is the good life.